Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is September 30th, 2023. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is already the end of the month. Time is going by so fast, at least for me. I don't know if it's going by fast for you. Today's song recommendation is Sometimes by Step by Rich Mullins. Such a powerful song. Because we live life sometimes by step. Each step. But we have to take that step with God Almighty. We are continuing reading one chapter at a time. So today's scripture is uh, will be Genesis chapter 18. I will incorporate also Revelation 1 verse 8 and Revelation 4 verse 8. I want to touch a little bit on the last chapter in Genesis that we read, 17, because uh, God, in verse 1, He says, I am God Almighty. That is so profound. For a couple of reasons. He, he comes down to talk with Abraham. And he reminds, not that he needs to remind Abraham, but he reminds Abraham, I am God Almighty. He was making sure that Abraham knew this. Because this wasn't the first time that God spoke to Abraham. But in his beautiful, infinite wisdom and loving kindness, he wants us to grasp that as well. He is the great I Am God. Almighty. Another thing that I want to bring up, and I, I just didn't say enough on the on this verse. Actually, verses one and two in chapter seventeen, where he then follows after he says who he is. It's like get this through your head, Abraham. I am God Almighty. He says this to Abraham. Walk before me, and be blameless. Pause. I've been reflecting a lot on that in the last couple of days. Since I read the chapter the last time, I thought, man, I could have done a whole sermon on just this verse and verse 2 in chapter 17 because our goal should be every single step we need to walk before the Lord and be blameless. I want to quickly go over to Revelation really quick. I do want to mention that I'm not going to read verse 2 from chapter 17. It's mainly just verse 1 that I wanted to just speak a little bit more about because it had just been on my heart to do so. Really quick, let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 8, says this. I'm actually going to read verse 7, too. 
because chapter four in Revelation verse eight kind of has I, they kind of go together in my in my heart. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Pause. I am in the book, currently in the book of Revelation. If you follow me, I read the Bible from the beginning to the end, and then I'll start over again. My ne the next Bible I'm going to be reading from is the New King James Version. But here in this verse, first of all, who, who is the Alpha and the Omega? Who is and who was and who is to come? Who is to come? It is he, after he had spent 40 days with, a, with that group of people, after resurrection, he spent 40 days and 40 nights with the people. And then when he left, he left on the cloud. And they said, behold, don't, what do you, see what you're looking at? This is the same way he's going to come back. He's going to come back on the cloud. Right? Verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty. The Almighty, the Son of God, when He returns, He is the Almighty. Chapter 4, verse 8 says this. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. So when we read, pause, so when we read in Genesis, 17 the powerful words that God spoke to Abraham I am God Almighty walk before me and be blameless of course in Genesis 17 Jesus had not come down from glory to be born of the flesh and when we read chapter 18, we're going to see God walking with Abraham with two other men. And this is Jesus and two other men. And this is just a powerful, powerful chapter. This is Jesus before incarnation. Let's get started. Pull your Bibles out. Turn to 18, Genesis, birth of Isaac promised. And this goes into the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Now the Lord appeared to him. Oh, before I get started, please. Place yourselves in the spirit there, witnessing what is happening here between God and Abraham. We have to, we have to go there and we have to be present. So we can not only hear, but see and understand and have our ears and eyes opened. The living, the living word is alive and active. And we have to, whatever you have to do, be present here in this story. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on, since you have visited your servant. And they said, So do, as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf, which he had prepared, and placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, There, in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No. But you did laugh. Pause. I'm going to pause there just to kind of go over the first part of the chapter because the second part goes into Sodom and Gomorrah. So the Lord appears to him by the oaks of Mamre while he's while Abraham is just sitting there in the heat of the day. Can you imagine? And he lifts up his eyes, but he sees three were standing opposite him. So it's Jesus. Angels look like men on the earth. And of course, Jesus is one of the, the men, but he is Jesus before incarnation, before coming down from heaven. And he's there with two other angels. 
but Abraham sees them as men, but he is the Lord God Almighty. So he says, he says, my Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass by your servant. Obviously, the Lord had found favor in Abraham. So it says here that they asked, where is Sarah? But then after Abraham goes and, and, and this is, this takes some time because you know, there's a, there's a calf that's being prepared. So this visitation isn't just as quickly as we read it. No, they've spent some time there waiting for their food to be prepared. And then it says, then they said to him, they asked where Sarah is. And he says, well, she's in the tent and Sarah, poor gal, she's in there and she's in her nineties and, and Abraham's 99. And she just, she laughs because she's an old lady, <laughs> but she denies that she laughs, but she laughs in her heart. And in chapter 17, we hear Abraham laughed in his heart, but God knows the heart, right? He, he knows everything before we even say it or think it or do it. He knows this is why we need to walk before him. Uh, blameless because he's with us and we want to walk with him. I want to walk with him. But because, you know, she says she's advanced in age and she's way beyond childbearing age. Well, in human, humans, at best, a woman can have a child at age 50. And here we've got Sarah in her 90s, and this is of the miraculous. God promised them a son and he is going to act on that now. And he's going to cause, well, Abraham is going to finally be able to get Sarah pregnant. And Jesus before incarnation, the almighty says, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Oftentimes we say that in circumstances, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Nothing is too difficult for the Lord God Almighty. Absolutely nothing. He is God. Everything is possible with the Lord. Everything. And he says again at the appointed time next year, you're going to have a son. At this time next year. And Sarah will have a son, but Sarah, she denies that she laughed and Jesus calls her out on it. No, but you did laugh. Even though Sarah laughed in her heart, God knew that she laughed because when you laugh in your heart, you don't laugh. You're not laughing out loud, but God can hear. So Sarah's going to finally have her son. That's going to be, uh, I believe chapter 19, no chapter 21. So let's, let's continue reading because now, now that God has confirmed that Sarah is, is indeed going to be getting pregnant and she's going to be having a baby. He goes into another 
another uh, story of Sodom and Gomorrah. In 16, he's, this, this is what it says. But I do want to note that in verse 8, Abraham stands by the three men who are Jesus and two other angels, and he watches them as they eat. I just love that. <laughs> they ate a meal with Abraham, a meal that Abraham prepared, and they ate. It's just, it's just, that's just so beautiful. Then the men rose up from there and looked down toward Sodom. And Abraham was walking with them to send them off. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come before me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it for you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it, far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am not, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose the fifty righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. He spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose forty are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the forty. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak. Suppose thirty are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the twenty. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry. I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the ten. 
As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. Pause. So the Lord decides to share with Abraham what he's about to do in Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities. He says, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and also it says exceedingly their sin is exceedingly grave. And he's going to go down and, and see if this is this is what ha this is what is happening. So the two the two angels leave, and we know this later on when we read about the next when the next chapter we know that Lot Abraham's nephew remember he lives in Sodom, and this is why Abraham is being very protective of Sodom. I'm not Sodom, excuse me. I'm getting rummy. <laughs> Of Lot. He wants Lot to be saved, although it doesn't say this directly in this chapter, but we know that Lot lives there. And we know that Lot lets in two angels into his house, so the Lord did not walk down to the city of Sodom with the two other angels. But Abraham, he gets a little brave, wouldn't you say? He asks God if he would really do away with the wicked and the righteous together. In other words, the righteous shouldn't suffer the same fate as the, the wicked. And so he asks him, he starts out with 50, and he's brave enough to ask God. And he says, Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. And then he says this a little his voice gets a little louder. He says, Far be it from you! Exclamation point. He's getting upset because he knows God, what God's got planned. And so God says, Well, no, I'm not going to get rid. If I find 50, he not only says that he'll save the 50 righteous, but he's saying here he'll spare the whole city. He goes even further than what Abraham's ask is. Because he says he will spare the whole place on their account. And then Abraham asks again, what about if there's five less than 50? And God says, if there's 45, I will spare it. If there's 40, I will spare it. And he keeps on, if there's 30, I will spare it. And then if, if there are 10, I will spare it. And then God, as soon as he says, I will not destroy it on account of the ten, as soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed. So he left. God knew that he was not going to find ten righteous people in Sodom. The only righteous one was Lot, and he spared Lot's wife and two daughters. Those were the only ones. We're going to go into chapter 19 and read about the doom of Sodom. But this chapter is so important because it kind of goes back to, to the, what, how people are trying to accept the gay lifestyle in this day and age. And it's gotten even worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, but Jesus said it would. He said it, that the last generation would be, wor would be in worse 
shape than those of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he credited to Sodom and Gomorrah that Jesus hadn't come down from heaven at that point, as he's come down now to save those that believe in him from their sin. We can't let people get away with believing what their itching ears want to believe because they will twist and turn the gospel of Jesus Christ to say something different. Or the New Testament Jesus is not the same one as the Old Testament Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He, he was and he is today who he was yesterday from the beginning of time. And he is the one that's coming back to judge the living and the dead. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And we must, we must walk before him and be, and be blameless. Because we want to be ready. We want to be ready. I've kind of ran out of time. So I'll probably go into to more in the next chapter as we read the doom of Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities. And how Lot is rescued, his wife and his two daughters are rescued. And they, they let us into the details of every man, young and old, were at the door of Lot wanting to have sex with the two angels that, had, that Lot had let, let into their home. Wow. So a lot in chapter 18, that's for sure. We've got the miraculous going on with Sarah. She's going to get pregnant with Isaac. And the promised son is finally born to to Abraham. Going to be born to Abraham in his old age. And the whole, I've said again and again and again, the Bible is just all so important. And if you don't start from the beginning and read to the end, you're not going to be able to know the whole story because it's all tied together. And I, I can't, I, I'm a tiny little, <laughs> my mind is, cannot even know everything that's going on. There's scripture everywhere to add to this story. But as we continue reading, I'm just going to share what God has opened up my heart to see. And at the end of the day, I always hope that I've made enough sense and that I've helped somebody out there change and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and to not purposely go on sinning. I used to listen to a pastor on TV a few years back, and he actually did me some good because I actually grew in my, in my walk with God. He was preaching about the fruits of the Spirit, and, and it was of the miraculous alone because every time I would turn the TV on, this preacher was on the TV preaching that same sermon to me. And I finally did a message on it, but I grew in that. But that same pastor, I don't listen to him anymore. 
Because a lot of people that listen to him would think that he was telling them, go ahead and it doesn't matter if you keep sinning because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And people were, were hearing him say, go ahead and sin. You're okay. You're still going in the right direction. Jesus died for you on the cross for your sin. You are forgiven. And finally, I think he was getting a lot of messages. And uh, I, this is before I stopped watching him. He came on to say, and he points directly at the, the people from the TV screen. And he said, I am not giving you permission to sin. This is not what I'm talking about. If you are committing adultery and you're still committing adultery, stop committing adultery. You are sinning. Don't take advantage of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he did. I don't know. I haven't listened to him anymore. Uh, during that time, Jesus or the Holy Spirit was telling me who not to listen to, and he told me not to listen to Joel Olstein. I think that's pronounced correctly. He said, don't listen to him anymore. And he instructed me to shut the television off. And I hadn't been listening to him, but he was on after, he came on after another person I had just listened to. And I was busy working on my ministry, and he was on the screen talking at the beginning, and, and the Holy Spirit says, turn that off. So I'm going to share that with you. The Holy Spirit believes him to be evil. So don't watch him. All right, I will get try to get to the next message, hopefully tomorrow. I really hope this message made sense and I didn't fumble my words too much. Really appreciate my listeners. I've met at least one other online friend <laughs> that has joined my ministry or joined my podcast, and I appreciate that. I do, before I sign off, I want to give a shout out to Howard's Handmade, Angie Howard. She's got a website full of fantastic products. Please check her website out, and we need to support our sister in Christ. She's, she can be found at www.howardshandmade.com. I'll also put her website in the show notes. Much love to all. All the glory to God. Until next time, bye.